Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Are you happy? I tell you, I am so happy. We had the most amazing time at the summit. God just spoke in so many wonderful ways. Uh, speaking strategically and deliberately. I watched the maturity of the prophets as they, they went beyond just having prophetic words and, and were challenged and rose to the challenge to, to look and keep on looking to see the God strategy, the God answers, that we might be uh, specific help in the nation. You know, and God is, God is giving us opportunities like we haven't ever experienced before. And we have been talking a lot about getting the ears of kings and presidents and rulers. I keep getting this, this prophetic word. But when I sought the Lord about that, you know, he began to show me that it happens when you are deliberate and intentional, not just to give a general word, but when you're getting information that is of genuine use to people, then they wanna hear more. And that the Lord is raising the prophets up to really be hearing such specific stuff that kings and presidents and rulers want to come and hear what is being said. And, uh, and it's been beautiful to watch and see what the Lord's been doing. So praise the Lord. Over the next coming weeks, we'll, we'll talk some more about um, many of the words that came out. But I have a word I want to share with you tonight. I'll switch. Um, back into mama mode, hallelujah, at church. When I'm, I'm sharing with you on Sundays, I just feel the heart of the Father to really equip and empower you. And um, we've been talking for a few weeks. Who, who knows what we've been talking about? How to be fun to be with, hallelujah. And you might think, well, what's all that about? We've been talking about, I shared a couple of weeks ago, about what it looks like to be like God. So I'm, I have just some more I wanna share with you on that. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. You are our delight. You are more wonderful than we could ever ask, hope, or imagine. And God, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name, everybody said, amen. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is what it's like to be with God. When we approach God, when we spend time with God, He's always happy to see us. In His presence there is the overflowing abundance, the fullness, the absolute fullness of joy. That means there's no room for fear. There's no room for anxiety. There is absolute joy, absolute peace, total acceptance, hallelujah, and a fullness, a fullness of overflowing joy that comes from knowing I am loved. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We, when we know we've been forgiven, that we are righteous, we've been accepted, we have a supernatural peace that's not afraid. Not afraid that we're not measuring up. Not afraid that 
We have to be concerned about things, but a supernatural peace that passes understanding that leads to a joy that celebrates knowing we are in Him who has already overcome the world, hallelujah, that God is for us and who can be against us, hallelujah. It leads to a supernatural joy and every time we wait upon the Lord, the Lord is there to look at us and to love us with his perfect love that casts out all fear. When I come into his presence, I feel utterly safe, utterly safe. He calms all the storms in my emotions because His perfect love casts out fear. His magnificent peace settles everything. He undoes the knots. He makes me lie down in green pastures and He restores my soul, reminding me, hallelujah, thank you God. I'm not a mere human on the earth trying to get by but I am seated in heavenly places with him, royal in my authority that's been delegated to me, not as one that is separated from Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but one who is absolutely in the very middle of his love, part of his family, seated with him in heavenly places. Where's Jesus seated? at the right hand of the Father. That is the most favored place. Remember the disciples were arguing about who got to sit on the right and on the left? Me, I got to sit at the right. And so did you. I'm seated with him in heavenly places, in the most favored place. I am not at a distance, you know, trying to get into the in crowd. I am like, hello. This is who I am. And when you know who you are as part of the absolute innest of the in crowd, when you know that you are absolutely engrafted into his inner circle, his family, part of his body, it's a place of supernatural peace. When you go to worship him, when you go to pray, there's this joyful, glorious place of acceptance. That being so, we are then called to be as He is in this world, right? First John 4. As He is, so are we in this world. Therefore, we by faith need to start accessing that atmosphere of heaven, that say, the very same attributes of our wonderful heavenly Father who makes us feel so safe, who helps us experience in His presence absolute joy, we need to access that to deliver it to everybody else that we meet. God wants us, just as He is delightful company, God wants us to be gloriously wonderful company. Danny Silk uh, wrote a book, Loving Your Kids on Purpose. And he used, to, uh, he, he, tells, he used to tell his kids, you know, if they were acting up, he'd say, okay, we're gonna go to your room. He'd put them in the room and he'd say, 
when you're ready to be fun to be with, come out. And that concept of fun or room struck me. I thought, well, you know, that's a good analogy. God really is fun to be with. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely person to be with. I want to spend more time with him because when I'm with him, I feel so loved. His perfect love casts out all my fears. He's the most wonderful, it is the most wonderful marriage you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. (sighs) This is awesome. And we are called to let everybody we interact with experience that same level of love. We are called to be as gloriously, joyfully delightful as God. God wants us, in short, to be fun to be with. Hallelujah. Because if we're not, then people react. They put up their walls. And and so we've been talking about this, what it looks like to be somebody that manifests the nature and character of Christ to those around us through being company that people want to have more of. It's an attitude and a behavior that is not judgmental, not critical, but looks at people and loves them, just as Jesus looked at them and loved them. He's giving us a grace to look at people and love them. He wants us to be uh, conscious and aware that in every, every sentence we, and every interaction we're having with people, we have an opportunity to just either say it as it is, or we can say it in such a way that releases the very same atmosphere of heaven that we experience when we stand in His presence. But what does it look like? I mean, you can do that. It's easy to be fun to be with when things are going really well, right? You're on a high, you've just had a fantastic breakthrough, things are going great. It's easy to be generous with your kindness and your attitude, like yay, it's easier to be fun to be with when you are really happy, right? But what about when you're tired, or you're sick, or you're stressed, or you're under pressure? What does it look like to be fun to be with in those circumstances. Well, I look at our example, Jesus. If anybody was feeling pain, imagine Jesus on the cross. He's there, suffering more agony than any humans ever suffered. Bearing not only the physical horrors of crucifixion, but the weight of the sin of the world. And his attitude is, he's thinking about his mother. John, this is your, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. Like, making sure she's taken care of. He's thinking and declaring, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's not self-centered and going, I have a right right now to be sorry for myself. He's got this attitude of supernaturally exuding 
a love that is supernatural. Similarly, you think about Stephen when he was being martyred, stoned to death. Instead of Stephen going, this is so awful, God, why are you letting this happen to me? His face is shining like that of an angel as he's beholding Jesus, standing at the right hand of the Father, welcoming him in. And his, his words are, don't hold this sin against them. He had a capacity to love in a way that's just not human because we're not mere humans. We are supernatural beings filled with the spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us gives us power to love our enemies, to do good to those that hurt us because we have something so much more glorious. We're drinking from the river of his pleasure for us. Hallelujah. In his presence, there's this abundance of supernatural peace that passes understanding. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, being fun to be with is not about being a bubbly up personality. It's not about being extroverts. You know, if the whole world was filled with extroverts, it would be a very tiring, noisy place. <laughs> but it's about being like him in our character, in everything we do, measuring our words, walking in the fruit of self-control. Hallelujah. My husband's an amazing example to me, actually, of what it looks like when you are under pressure or when things aren't going well. He's really good in the way that he will have to, to tell me something difficult. Some people, if they're under stress and they're under pressure, they are absolutely blurters. They just come in and they, you're having this happy time. I'm having a nice day. And they come along and they're, oh, drama, this is terrible. This is, what, this is what's going on. Da, da, da. And all of a sudden you feel less stressed because they're so stressed and all the pieces all upset. Anyone ever experienced that? Yeah, I've been that person. But Tom is not that person, praise the Lord. He'll get some really difficult news, something that's like, okay, that's a, that's, a, that's a biggie. But say he gets it at nighttime, he'll think, he's so self-controlled and he just carries the peace of God. He'll think to himself, can this be, and does this have to be addressed within the next few hours? Can it wait till morning? Okay, nothing can be done right now. It can wait till morning and and um, I, don't, uh, I don't need to tell her right now because he knows that if he tells me right as we go to sleep, Catherine's not going to sleep. Because my mind's going. He's so kind like this. He, he, so he could have the most big, you know, difficult problem presented to him um, at five o'clock in the afternoon. And he won't tell me about it until maybe nine o'clock the next morning after I've had some time with the Lord and we can do something about it. And when he presents it, instead of going, oh, terrible, disastrous news, he'll present it in a way that's very measured. He'll tell me the facts 
and then he'll release faith. And you know what? To me, that's just such an example of one of the other ways that we can be fun to be with. If you, there are times you have to deal with issues. In this world, we'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world, hallelujah. So God's looking for us to be a people who will apply faith in every situation and impart grace to the hearers. You know, in every word that we speak, God wants us to impart grace to the hearers. He wants us to exude a, a quiet confidence that helps other people feel at peace, that helps other people feel safe. Praise the Lord. You know, our family feels safe because there's not this, the drama, 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 but things are presented. Okay, this is the issue. This is what God says. And okay, let's explore the possible solutions because we already know God's gonna come through. Hallelujah. Those who are planted on the rock will not be shaken. Now you, com you compare that or contrast that with the, the dramatists. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, if we go into drama mode, it's actually stemming from an inbuilt belief that if I really make this seem dramatic, people will help me. You're very quiet. If I explode in a drama tantrum, people will feel like, okay, quick, how do we help them? But that doesn't stem from faith, that stems from fear. And God is looking for us to be a people who will embrace his help, his strength, and his faith. It doesn't mean that we don't have to talk to other people and seek help, but when we do, we still have within us the self-control of Christ. We still have within us the peace of Christ and the faith of Christ. We can access it no matter how we're feeling, and we can seek help with an, with an attitude, I know this is gonna work out, let's explore how the Holy Spirit wants to help us, amen? I've been talking to our prophets about that this week. We like to use the term prophetic solutionists. Revelation 19.10 says, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus being the spirit of prophecy means that at the center of every prophetic word, there must be Jesus, the testimony of who Jesus is. And Jesus is the answer. He manifested himself as the answer to every person who ever came to him with an issue. When someone came with him to him with an issue and they said, oh, it's disastrous, my son, or, or, or this has happened, or this has happened, he didn't go, oh, that's awful, what are we gonna do? He manifested himself as the answer, hallelujah. And he spoke with a peace and an authority that knew God's got this and I know how, I'm, he spoke with authority. So in the same way, when we give a prophetic word, we have to be prophetic solutionists, not prophetic dramatists. If you hear a prophetic word that says, oh, drama, 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 there's a tsunami wave coming to wipe everybody out, run to the hills. 
That is not a mature prophetic word because it doesn't have at its center the testimony of Jesus, who is the answer. Hallelujah. You look in the scripture and the, the disciples had a tendency to be dramatists. I think about the storm. And the disciples are in the boat. The waves are coming into the boat. It is seriously scary situation. They run to Jesus, they wake him up. Master, don't you even care that we're perishing? That's a little bit of a drama moment, I think. And it's justifiable. But Jesus didn't seem to think it was justifiable. We do justify a lot of our drama tantrums, don't we? Oh, it's so bad. I feel so terrible. This is so bad. The report's so bad. This is it. so bad. And that's so, yeah, it's understandable that you feel so distressed. And we justify our behavior toward other people and our communications, dumping our stress on everybody else as justifiable because the circumstances are so bad. Yes, we are to bear one another's burdens, but God wants us to be a mature people that doesn't abandon the virtues of God even when we're tired, stressed, or under pressure. What did Jesus do when they came and said, don't you care that we're perishing? He got up, he released peace, peace to the storm. But then he talked to them and he, he rebuked them for a lack of faith. What did he expect? Well, he expected them to do what he does, speak peace, calm the storm, declare peace be still. Jesus actually expects us to be like him. You're very quiet today. He genuinely expects you to be like him. Like all the time, even when there is a storm threatening your life. He expects you. Like seriously, Jesus, give me a break. This is justifiable. It's okay that I have a drama meltdown. He, He doesn't agree. He actually calls us up into a place of maturity. The reason being is that he wants you to be to those who don't know him or those who are less mature what he is to you. So where does this flow from? I got a beautiful uh, text message today or email from one of our beautiful prophets And she shared with me um, just this word that she had for me personally. I just wanna share it with you. Says this, uh, she wanted to share something the Lord put on her heart for me while last night while we were worshiping. She says, I want you, uh, she felt the Lord say, I want you to know my need for you is greater than the need of others for you. I have a space in my secret place for you next to my throne It's your space, it has your name on it. The pool of love for my people that I have put in your heart is going to intensify 
and the pool of those who need my love and healing that I've placed in you will increase. But I want you to know my intense longing and need of having time with you in our secret place will far surpass that of the pool of others and ministry in your life. Come away and waste more time with me as much as you can. Come away, draw deeply from me. Come into my chamber, into my intimate place of love and let me love on you. Let's sit together and waste some, some of my time away in our secret place. I've set aside that's just for you and me. I love that. <laughs> it's so nice. You see, the truth is, in order to be like him, in order to be fun to be with all the time under any circumstance, we must wait upon the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. They won't wither with fear. They won't throw a fit. They'll stay on an even keel with their feet planted firmly on the rock that is never shaken. They will be peacemakers. They will be thermostats, not thermometers. They will change the atmosphere for everyone they interact with, whether it is family, friends, coworkers, or even enemies. They won't be self-seeking because love is not self-seeking. They will be so focused on him and his love for people that they will add value to every person they interact with no matter what they're doing. Whether it's giving an instruction, they'll do it in such a way that the person feels and is impacted by the presence of God. Jesus could communicate his love with just a look he looked at him and loved him. That's one of my favorite phrases because he can communicate his deep care and his deep love with just a look. We can do it in so many practical ways. We can, as we spend time with him and allow him to love us, we learn what it looks like to be. He teaches me and helps me eat from the table that is laid before me. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is available to me through the knowledge of Him. The more I know Him, the more acquainted I become with Him intimately in my private place of worship, alone with Him, feasting on Him in the Word, talking with Him face to face, letting Him love me, restore my soul, fill me with joy and supernatural peace that passes understanding. The more I know what He's like when He talks to me, when, the more I understand the truth of His great love for me, the fact that He doesn't judge me but He completely forgets all of my trespasses. It's as though it never happened. Your sins I remember no more. It empowers me not to remember other people's sins when I'm talking to them. 
to keep no record of wrongs, to be kind as he is so richly kind. It empowers me to be kind beyond what is human. It empowers me to be generous. Generous with my words, generous with my affirmation, generous with my encouragement. Those who wait upon the Lord and let Him show the truth of their identity, let Him reveal to you that you are seated with Him in heavenly places. You're not an outsider hoping one day to get in, but you are already so rooted and grounded in His love because He's done it for you. Ha, ha, ha then you won't be threatened to be able to encourage somebody else. You'll be able to be so generous with your compliments that it won't be a sideways, well, you look great, and think to yourself, I look terrible. It'll be a genuine, oh, my opportunity to encourage you today. You'll be so overflowing that you'll be able to uh, be generous in every area of your life generous in your attitudes, to go the extra mile, to help people you don't have to help because you're like God. They're the sweet fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ to those who are perishing. When people interact with you, it doesn't matter what the thing, if they are serving you a meal, taking your money at the cash register at the grocery store, that is an opportunity in a moment for you to be the aroma of Christ. You can look at them and love them. You can give a word of love that helps them feel the acceptance, the love, the peace that their, their hearts are yearning and looking for. God's asking us to help people experience Him through our lives. He wants to wake us up to a level of maturity that we're not just fun to be with when everything's going well, but we are fun to be with when the, when the fight is fierce. We are in the midst, he, we are in Him and He is in us. In the midst of it all, we are in His perfect peace that passes understanding the people will look and say, wow, that's supernatural peace. Wow, that's supernatural kindness. That every time I'm with them, I feel safe. I feel hope. I feel joy. I feel acceptance. It starts with us knowing the truth about who He really is. God is not an angry father who's always measuring you and condemning you and judging you and disappointed and frustrated with you. That's contrary to what the scripture says. He says that when you put your faith in Jesus, it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you and he has no issue with himself. This is really much better than you're responding to. He has no issue with himself. He's not impressed by your efforts. He's not impressed by what you do or by your performance. Faith is what pleases him. Amen. And it's faith 
in the fact that you have received the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you have received unconditional mercy and grace. You've received forgiveness, hallelujah. You've received mercy, you've received righteousness, and not by anything you've done, but by faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And when you believe it, you can start to manifest it. And when you believe it, you will boldly approach his throne. You'll take your place at his right hand. You'll have confidence in him to rule and reign with him. And instead of panicking in circumstances, speaking peace to storms, having the opportunity in every interaction to walk with wisdom and grace, to be peacemakers, to be people who carry the atmosphere of heaven. I believe the Holy Spirit is looking for us to be people who are so fun to be with that the world around us is drawn like moths to a flame. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. It's not by your dramatic, scary, prophetic words that you're known. It's not even by your knowledge, certainly not by your self-righteousness or your arrogance. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. People are tired of religious people. They are looking for the lover of their souls. Who do you think you are? As he is, so are you in this world. If he is the lover of their souls, so are you. We need to behave like it, hallelujah. We're gonna pray. Father, thank you for your word. You're delightful. You are so so fun to be with God. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is the abundance of overflowing peace. In your presence is the abundance of hope and faith and strength. You are our help, our ever-present help in time of need. We don't have to worry, we don't have to stress because you've already overcome the world. Father, I thank you though that in this world we have trouble. We take hope, we take heart, we take joy knowing you've already overcome. And we enter into your victory by faith. We say thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info@glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info@glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.